Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Troubling news, a, a, a story that we first brought to you many months ago, of course, uh, which was uh, the behavior of uh, a couple of uh, Hamilton area MPPs towards their staff. Well, now the Ontario NDP are being called out by the union that uh, represents those people. That's uh, the union uh, that represents them is uh, called the uh, Canadian Office Professional Employees Union, or COPE. And uh, they, well, they, they're pretty upset about what's going on right now uh, because the, uh, the the latest on this right now is apparently one has been fired, one of the employees fired, and they stopped payments for two others. Uh, this is before the human rights complaints were actually heard by a tribunal. Uh, so what's going on here? And is this legal? Uh, let's uh, bring Wade Poziomka into the uh, discussion, lawyer with Ross and McBride here in town. Wade, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me. This is a rather bizarre situation. I know you've been following this story, and this is, uh, in many people's minds, is a very unusual twist uh, that we've seen to this. Give, give me your read on what's been going on so far. Yeah, I mean, I think it's unfortunate. I've been uh, providing legal representation to Todd White in this matter uh, from the human rights perspective. So there's an ongoing grievance with COPE. Uh, that's heading into arbitration, and there's also a human rights application that's on hold while that grievance process is happening. And in the midst of both of these processes, his employment's terminated. Uh, so, I, yeah, I think it's very unfortunate. What does that do to the process? Um, it adds it adds additional layers. So I'm I'm sure that COPE's going to be filing an additional grievance for the termination. And uh, my instructions from Mr. White are to uh, file another application with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, alleging that part of the reason for his termination was reprisal for raising his human rights complaints. Now, give me the the lay of the land when it comes to exactly Todd's situation here. I mean, you know, because we've had him on talking about this as well. And our understanding is that he was on, I guess, paternity paternal leave. Is that what it was? Yeah, he was on parental leave. Okay, parental leave. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I mean, I thought the, the law suggested that, or it states, quite frankly, that you can't get fired when you're on leave. You can't get fired for having taken a leave. If you're fired for reasons other than the leave um, that have come up, that, that, that might be acceptable. But you can't be fired even if part of the reason is the leave itself. All right. So but does the employer need to show cause, or can they just arbitrarily, which is what seems to be the case here, just say, that's it, you're gone? Well, that's what they've done. Um, they're going to answer to that, either through the grievance process or at the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario or both. Um, and, and so we'll see, we'll see what, what comes out and what they say was the reason for termination. But again, if any part of the reason for firing him was the fact that he raised human rights allegations and he pursued those uh, or he filed an application with the Human Rights Tribunal, then from my perspective, uh, that would be reprisal. Yeah, we don't have any word on that yet, but, uh, you know, if it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, I mean, that, that seems to be the indication, and I think that's the general consensus from a lot of people that, that do know the, the facts of this story. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the Ontario NDP's conduct speaks for itself here. The party waits until after the election. It fires them on a parental leave in the midst of a grievance process, and now Paul Miller's wife is running against him for a seat on the Board of Trustees. Um, now a single father of two, his career has been taken from him. Uh, his former supervisor's spouse is pursuing his elected seat provides a minimal honorarium, his entire income's in jeopardy. So, yeah, speak for itself. What does, talk to us about the process here, Wade, if, if, when this tribunal actually does hear, because they, they did say they were going to go to arbitration, so I assume this is going to be game on for all three of these employees at this stage. How does that process unfold once the arbitration begins? Uh, it's, 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 like a, it's like a trial, I mean, before an arbitrator, and so both sides will present evidence, and, uh, and, and uh, the arbitrator will ultimately make a decision on what happened and what the, the remedy or penalty is at the end of the day. Um, so that process will probably take some time, but but it will go forward. I assume for all three of these employees at this point. Is it binding? And uh, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's limited amount. There's a limited appeal route, but but essentially, it, it's binding. It's difficult to to overturn an arbitrator's decision. And are, I assume are allowed to to produce information and and, and testimony, obviously. But uh, uh, I would think, for instance, there is a recording of a phone call. Uh, that Mr. Miller made to Todd White. Uh, that uh, obviously we played on this show, and I know it's, it's out there. It's it's it's. Uh, I would think part of this program. Will that be presented at that that hearing? Yeah, no, it, that definitely will. And I mean, I I think it's surprising because if you look at uh, legal counsel for the Ontario New Democratic Party's comment to the Toronto Sun, I think yesterday they say the NDP caucus maintains that it hasn't violated the collective agreement or any other law. I mean, we've all heard that that recording. So from my perspective, I don't understand how that statement could possibly be made on the ONDP's behalf. Well, yeah, they've uh, been rather coy about this whole situation, and, and I know that the union uh, is, is suggesting that uh, that the only reason they agreed to arbitration was, to, as you say, to, to put this thing on hold until after the election. And uh, now that the election's over, uh, that they've decided to act on this, uh, which uh, looks a little shady to a lot of people. Well, and let's look at how they've acted. So the last arbitration date, I believe, was in April of 2018 uh, for Mr. White, and no other arbitration date's been set. Um, so he doesn't know what's happening in this process. He waits, the election happens, and then his employment's terminated in August, a few months after. So, I mean, yeah, I, I think it's it's evident what's happened. All right. I'm, I'm getting into wordsmithing here just a little bit, Wade, but, I mean, the story that we've seen, a couple of different versions of it, uh, indicates from the other employees from Monique Taylor's office that they, the party says they are no longer being paid. Uh, is is that a euphemism for being fired? Uh, no, I don't think that they've they've been terminated. I think that they're they're on an unpaid leave, um, and you'll probably know I'm also providing representation to both of those individuals as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my perspective, it, you know, could it potentially be a termination? It, it may be, but they haven't terminated their employment. How were they informed about this? I believe it was through Cope, their union. Okay, so oh, so the union told them. By the way, you're not being paid anymore. Well, I think if there's been discussions between them and the union. The union would have reached out to the NDP caucus, and uh, would have been it would have been confirmed that they're no longer being paid. I just want to mention to our listeners, by the way, we also reached out to Cope today, but uh, we have not heard a response yet. I'm hoping that we can uh, hook up with them a little bit later on and get some details on how and how this is going to proceed. Well, when you when you're going through a situation like this, Wade, and representing these these people at these hearings, the arbitration hearings. Uh, is is the the goal here the intended goal uh, to get the job back? Is it is it to get proper compensation? Which which road are you going down here? So typically in a situation like this, where a unionized employee has been fired, you're looking for both. You're looking for reinstatement and uh, lost wages that that have been incurred. So th- there'd be both uh, likely that Cope's going to be seeking in the arbitration process. How practical is that? I mean, given the situation here, I, w- I would think that both environments, for, from the standpoint of the employees anyway, the ag- aggrieved employees here, is a rather poisonous environment. Yeah, I mean, but but Mr. White's employed by the Ontario New Democratic Party, right? Not by by Paul Miller himself. And so there's other opportunities outside of, of Paul Miller's office for Mr. White, potentially. And I mean, even though it's not practical, practical. think of that from the other perspective. If reinstatement's a viable option, but an employer always knows we're going to terminate you and, you know, the relationship's so uh, degraded that, that you're not going to get reinstatement, what does that say about the right to have reinstatement? So, I mean, I think in most cases where, where somebody's terminated and reinstatement's being considered, the relationship's broken down, but it still doesn't mean that it shouldn't be ordered. Is is there a track record here? Is there a, a, a series of previous cases that indicate which way the tribunal may go in a situation like this? Yeah, I mean, there's jurisprudence. I don't fully understand all of the reasons uh, in detail that, that the uh, Ontario NDP is alleging they have to terminate Mr. White's employment. So that's something that we're going to be exploring in more detailing and, 
in detail and something that's going to be in our, our pleadings once we flesh that out. I, I know, Wade, in other uh, legal proceedings, uh, it's, uh, I, I believe it's incumbent upon, for instance, uh, you know, the, both sides to present their case or present evidence. I mean, is that a situation like this, or are you simply going to hear the other side of it when you finally sit across the table from each other? In the arbitration process, I mean, there, sometimes there's uh, disclosure, but it's, it's often limited. So often during the arbitration process, you're hearing stuff for the first time. In the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario, it's a little bit different because witness statements have to be exchanged. So you usually know what's coming to some extent before you get there. Um, you, know, you know, this will proceed to arbitration uh, from my perspective, and whether or not it goes to the Human Rights Tribunal after is going to depend on what's dealt with in the arbitration. And by that I mean if the arbitrator hears the human rights issues and deals with it, then we're not going to be permitted to go to the tribunal after that. It will be over at that point. If the arbitrator doesn't hear the human rights issues, then we'll have the ability to, to reactivate and, and carry on with the tribunal. And, and will that tribunal actually make the decision as to, as to what they want to hear and what they don't want to hear? Um, to some extent, I mean, they can they can limit evidence. Really, it's up to the parties, though, what evidence they call, as long as it's relevant. And everything you've heard, including the recording, is going to be relevant from my perspective. Yeah, I, I would think that, uh, you know, excluding the human rights aspect of this would be somewhat uh, of, of a problem right off the bat, because that seems to be the basis for this whole, this whole situation. Yeah, and my understanding is they're not excluding it, so the human rights aspect is, is being dealt with through the arbitration process at this point as it moves forward. Uh, and we've, we're told that these are going to be September dates. Uh, you anticipate this is going to be a long process? I, I can't imagine that it'd be September dates. We're in September already, and Mr. White hasn't been given any set dates for arbitration, so I'd, I'd be surprised if there was September dates. I think that's probably not accurate. Okay. All right. Again, this is why we wanted to go over some of the stuff that's been reported so far to get some sense as to where we're going on this. So it's probably yeah. going to be, would you anticipate in the fall then, or is that, I, I, we don't even know, I guess, the calendar for these things is to, you know, what they're doing and when they're doing it and where they're doing it. Yeah, and it all depends on the arbitrator. I'd say probably late fall. Some arbitrators you can get a date with in a couple months. Some arbitrators you're booking a year out, right? So it, if there's no date set already, it all depends on the arbitrator's availability. Is, is there any concern from, from what you've heard anyway from any of the other employees in these offices? Uh, n- no, not from, not from what I've heard other than, than the three uh, that, that you're referring to today. All right, because obviously you wanted. That doesn't mean there aren't. It just means that they. Yeah, I, I, that's why I'm saying. Have you not heard or have heard of, of anything like this? You always wonder about precedents in situations like this, uh, and, uh, and and as to whether or not it's going someplace else. Uh, yeah, I guess we won't know that obviously until we uh, get some of this information presented to us right now. Uh, this this seems to be a, 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 in many people's minds though, Wade, an open and shut case. And and I'm not trying to sit here and prejudge it, but I mean, you know, we've talked to Todd White about this. We've heard the f- tape of the uh, the phone call that uh, that Mr. Miller made uh, to Todd White about this, and uh, we've certainly seen some of the evidence from the people in Monique Taylor's office as well. Uh, I, I guess what we're looking for right now, rather quizzically, is is what kind of a justification they can actually present for any of that sort of behavior. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. I, I don't know the answer to that, and I, I don't know that I'd be able to speculate. But from my perspective, we, we've heard some of the evidence. It's It's been on a recording. Now, having said that, uh, MPP Miller certainly has the right to due process, and I think Todd respects that, and this is a process that, that we'll go through. And uh, the, ND, the Ontario NDP has the right to provide an answer, and so we respect that. What it will be, I can't, I, I can't speculate on, but, but is it, we'll is it find the, out. Is it the same goal, Wade, for all three of your clients at this stage at, for compensation and to, and to actually uh, maintain or, or employment or at least be relocated to someplace else? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate goal for, for all three of these individuals is just to be treated with respect in the workplace. I, mean, I, I don't know that it's necessarily about a big pot of money at the end of the day. I think it's about the ability to go to work and, and work and be respected by their supervisor and, and feel comfortable in their workplace. And I think that's what this is really about. But this is, so you're dealing with the Ontario and NDP at this stage. And you're also... Uh, sorry, yeah, so the, the applications against the Ontario NDP... Um, and against uh, MPP Miller for, for Mr. White's case. And, and MPP Taylor, of course, in the case of the other two employees at this stage. That's right. All right. And, and they'll be presenting uh, their testimony as well, I would think, at this sort of a hearing, too, because uh, those are rather serious charges as well. One of them, of course, uh, uh, has been on record as suggesting that uh, Ms. Taylor tried to force her to uh, file a complaint against another employee. So, I mean, this is a, this is a rather poisoned environment that seems to be uh, being described here by these employees. It's, uh, it's going to be a rather interesting hearing when fi- things finally do start to unfold here. Uh, it, yeah, I mean, we'll have some factual findings. At this point, they're, they're allegations and, and they're in the application. Of course. But hopefully, at the end of the day, we have some findings on, on this, these issues. How, how quickly do they rule on these, typically? Uh, when, when, after, when all is said and done, the testimony is done, uh, is, is, it, is it a quick turnaround where you get a, a decision from them? You're probably waiting uh, on average for a case like this somewhere between three to six months for the decision. Okay, so this is going to drag on, much to the chagrin, I guess, of everybody involved at this stage. Yeah, I mean, unless it, unless it resolves itself, which I think is, you know, COPE issued this press release yesterday, and I don't, I'm not sure they had much of a choice. I think they were backed into a corner by the termination. Um, and, you know, they, the, NDP, the Ontario NDP, from my perspective, tried to spin what COPE did with their press release by saying, you know, they basically said, reinstate the member or we're going to do this. So they, they, they made it look like a threat. And I think what COPE did was provide a copy of this press release in good faith. I mean, they have... Uh, ongoing bargaining with one another, they have to maintain somewhat of a, a reasonable relationship. And, and what the COPE staff representative actually said is attached as a press release we'll be sending in the media at 12 p.m. tomorrow, unless caucus notifies us that the affected parties have uh, been reinstated with full pay and benefits. So they were saying, I think what I think the way I read that is, look, you've backed us into a corner. Here's a press release that we're going to send out. We understand this is going to get some media attention, and, and we don't necessarily want to do it, but, but you've terminated our member. And so, I mean, you can spin that whatever way you want, but, but I think uh, what they were trying to do was provide an opportunity to have dialogue before that, that release went out. Well, that's what surprised a lot of us, though, when we saw this story in the media, of course, was because when it, in previous in, in attempts to try to reach out to COPE, they'd just say, look, we're not going to talk about this because it, it's in the middle of a process. Uh, but they really seem to have accelerated the process with what they've done here. Well, and, and I, again, I don't know that that was, that was their decision per se. I mean, if they didn't do it, one of their members now, so the Ontario NDP waits until after the election, and then they fire um, one of their members who's been participating in the arbitration grievance process, and, I mean, if, if they didn't do anything, I mean, what does that say about their ability and their willingness to represent their members? And from my perspective, I, you know, something had to be done here. Have you heard they, from the party? They to go a press release. Wait, have you heard from the party uh, since this came out, since this became public? Have they reached I out to you? I have not heard. No, they haven't. I've, I've heard from them in the media uh, in terms of their legal representatives' comments, I think, to the Toronto Sun. Yeah, but nothing personally to you, to yourself, or to your clients at this stage? No personal communication to me, and I, I don't believe any, any communication to, to Mr. White either. Very interesting. Wade, listen, to, I, I appreciate your candor on this and, uh, and coming on here and talking with us and try to add some clarity to this. Thanks so much for this. Thanks for having me, Bill. Take care. Take care. Wade, Posiem- Wade Posiemko, of course, who is the lawyer representing uh, all three of the people that, uh, that are filing grievances right now. And uh, as I say, this was a, a very troubling story to begin with, and this is a rather bizarre twist to it. 
uh, and uh, highly unusual for the union to, to take this step. But uh, we'll see if this does move the process along, obviously. And it's one of these things that you want to get some clarity to, that get the truth out there, and certainly get this resolved uh, to hopefully to, to the benefit of the, uh, the people that are feeling aggrieved at this stage. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.